Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller, thanks for checking back in here. We're going to talk about a topic that I think has become very important of late. This is being recorded in October, early October of 2021. So those of you listening on down the line can retrace history and remember the things that we don't yet know. But we'll see where things take us in our world. Meanwhile, I've been thinking about a topic that actually somebody suggested I I do on our Sunday night things that we're doing, the Healing Convergence, that we're in the middle of doing now on our Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast Listeners Facebook group. And we've been doing these live Facebook Lives on Sunday night to simply combine our energy and just say we are one somebody me, one somebody you. And we can combine our energies and send light up into the ethers, up into the sky, up into the heavens, out into the universe as one wanting healing for our world and healing for ourselves. And that's what we've been standing for. We've been doing it now for a couple of months. I think we started in August, so we've done August and September. And rolling right on down the line, everybody that's doing it wants to keep doing it. So join us there if it's still there. It might not be when you listen to this, but if it's still there, we'd love to have you. The topic is loving ourselves. And the conversation I had with the guy that suggested this to me was, I mean, he's 70 years old. He was like, do we ever get there? So he wanted to explore this, and I thought, oh, this is just so perfect. Because there's something key we'll talk about in a minute about this whole area that is so critical, so mission critical to our lives. But first I thought, let's stop and do like the process that I've done on just about everything, every way that I've changed some direction or course in my own life, as is documented in this podcast, is looking back and identifying where this shows up in our life. So the question is, why don't we love ourselves? What caused us to all of a sudden not love ourselves? So see if anything from this list resonates with you. And I'm going to start with one that might be a little scratchy, but just we'll skip over it. <laughs> just I just have to throw it down. And I thought, well, let's go to the very beginning. And the very beginning is what we brought in with us. You know, stuff that was left over from the past that we bring into this life. And that has become so critical in my own recent explorations. I have learned more and grown more and resolved more recently by looking at what came in from the past and how did it show up in this life. And I've got to tell you, there are some stories there that uh, maybe someday we'll be able to share. I think I still need to sit on it just a little bit, but... There have been some things come up that have been truly amazing, looking at that. And because of the context of failure, if you will, it gives us a ding that we just go, bang, there's a reason why not to love myself. Another one comes in right behind it, childhood trauma. You know, if we experience challenges in our childhood, often it's a propensity for us to make them our fault. 
Mom and Dad got divorced when I was seven. It's my fault. I was abused as a child. That's my fault. I'm bad. And we don't ever resolve that. We just keep carrying it with us. So childhood traumas are another big way that can ding us from loving ourselves. Another big one, especially, I'm kind of following the timeline here a little bit, just these couple of points of our childhood, is that we compare ourselves to others. I mean, is not that what junior high school is all about? And we don't look good enough. We're not one of the cool kids. We're not accepted. That was my big deal. I was such an outcast. I mean, the kids in my school smelled Scorpio (laughs) hundred miles away. Like, oh, don't get near that. But we don't. We don't fit in. And then we compare ourselves and we, we come up short. So we don't love ourselves. There's something wrong here. And that leads to the other probably big one that we experience when we're growing up, and that is fear. That's one that I've dealt with all my life. And then some things happen as we cross into adulthood. Like, we blow it. (laughs) You get out there and try to live life, you're going to bump into the walls. So we end up divorced or losing a relationship that we really thought was it, the one. A relationship of any kind, in fact. Maybe we get fired from a job. Or we lose a bunch of money. Or we end up at 35 or 40 and we look around and we go, wow, I don't have what I should have at this stage of my life. Again, comparing ourselves to a benchmark of Western standards. Or notch a few more years onto the timeline and suddenly our body doesn't look like what we want it to or what it used to. And maybe over the course of time, Even the very children that we brought into the world have alienated us. And we look at what we did in that relationship and we think, how could I ever forgive myself? These are real-life things that often cause us to look at ourselves less favorably. Maybe we just feel like we're off course A lot of us are feeling that right now. This time is a really challenging time. And a lot of us are thinking, gosh, I'm I'm just doing life and it seems like I'm getting nowhere. And where are we headed anyway? So we just tire of our very existence and we diminish our role of why we are here in this time and this space. Or we read the headlines. Whoops. (laughs) So these are all a few thoughts that came to my mind of ways that diminish our love for ourselves. Now, I'm going to go into some territory that might ruffle some feathers. So if you react to this, I'm going to challenge you to explore it and don't make the messenger wrong (laughs) because I might not love myself tomorrow if you do. No, I'm just kidding. Here's where I'm going with this. We will not love 
anyone else one bit more than we love ourselves. Ooh, how did that feel? Yes, we do. Oh, I love my husband. Yes, I love my kids. Are you kidding, Thomas? Turn this stuff off. Hang on. Hang on. Our paradigm for love of others is directly related to the amount of love we give ourselves. And if we think that we love someone else with all of our heart, we should rephrase that to say we really love them as much as we love ourselves. And now here's my really tough, scratchy statement. Anything else is just a mask that we put on to avoid really looking deep within. And believe me, coming from experience, that will eventually show up in any relationship. See, what you're listening to here is the paradigm of the construct. I didn't create stuff from today's newspaper. I just recreated my own life. If you've listened to this podcast in any length at all, and you go back to about when we started that list around five minutes in here, and for the next couple of minutes re-listen to that list, that's my life. Do you think I loved myself when I hit 21, 35, 40, 48 when I got my second divorce, when I hit bottom in 2008? Because, see, the construct was simply the failures. It was the stack of failures. And, look, I had done successful things. In fact, when the second, no, the first divorce happened, I had a big house in the old historic district in near downtown Dallas. I was producing a television show that was seen by millions of people. In fact, I was working on another show for CBS Television that aired in prime time during uh, one of the one of the weeknight prime times. I mean, I you know, from all the markers of success, I was doing great. But when I said that. The way that we love others being tied to the way we love ourselves, eventually caught up with me. And that's when the rug got pulled out. Because, see, if you try to show up in the world with a really bad construct of love of others, it's, not gonna, it's just not going to go well. Now, you know one of my favorite techniques is to flip things around to 180 degrees. So what's the direct opposite of what we've just been talking about? Well, obviously, it's to love ourselves unconditionally, right? Because let's start there. If we then, let's put that back into our formula. If we then loved ourselves, if I loved myself unconditionally, how am I going to love others unconditionally? See, I love that line from Krishna Doss in his audio program, Pilgrim of the Heart. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it for free, where he said that people came to this guru in India, and they had traveled halfway around the world, and they sat down with the guru, and they said, teach us how to meditate. And this big, popular Indian guru said, meditate the way Jesus did. 
Now, all these hippies are saying, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? We didn't come over here to hear that. What do you mean? And the guru said, he just loved everyone unconditionally. He loved everyone unconditionally. And as I sat with that, I thought, if you look at all the stories, except for one area, maybe one, two areas, Jesus never reacted to anyone or anything. He stood in his own space and in his own ground, which was, as the story unfolds, unconditional, sacrificial love. But see, we have to get there inside first. Wow. So how do we get there? Well, I think this is the best starting place. And it actually was the message of that audio program. That we first start to realize that this very existence. So when we talked a minute ago about why are we here taking up this time and space? Our very existence on the planet is our cosmic teacher. Our life itself is the guru. It's your guide. Your life is your sole purpose. People say so often, what's my sole purpose? I want to know my sole purpose. I want to know my reason for being here. As though it was something out there. It's not out there. It's right here. It's just like the story It's the sole version of the story, Acres of Diamonds. Have you read that? If not, you should. It's a PDF on the internet. It actually was a sermon. (laughs) It was. Acres of Diamonds was a Baptist sermon. Don't worry, it's not one of those kinds of sermons. It was spoken by a Baptist minister in the mid-1800s. And the message of Acres of Diamonds is... The man who sold his farm because he wasn't content where he was and he needed to go make some money and so he was going to move to the big city because he certainly is not going to make any money out here on this decrepit land that he was trying to farm and nothing was growing and it just wasn't working. He even tried his hand at mining and thought that he might be able to find some diamonds on his land because somebody suggested there might be a diamond vein running through there. He dug and dug and dug and dug and dug and nothing happened. So he just threw up his arms and he sold the farm. It's got to be better in the big city. I'm going to go make a, a life for myself. This farming thing is no good. Well, the guy that bought the farm heard about the, di- the mining for the diamonds. And he pressed a little harder, a little deeper, a little further, and found the diamond vein and became a multimillionaire. See, the lesson of Acres of Diamonds is that what we need is right under our own feet. So our sole purpose is not a destination out there. It's not a status. It's not in a relationship. It's not the value of a bank account. Even even considering the good that you could do with that big bank account if you had one. That's not it. Our life, warts and all, is the teacher. 
So if you can love the process as being your process, your journey, your path, the very experiences that you needed in order to accomplish what your soul came here to accomplish are all bundled up in the successes and the failures, the good and the bad, the rejection, the fears, all of it. So the first step to loving ourselves is if we can accept our life as the very essence of our purpose. This is such a big deal that I would suggest, this is just my suggestion, my thought, my two cents, that if you cannot accept that, don't spend any more money chasing any more self-help programs. Don't buy any more books. Don't read any other or listen to any other material until you can cross that bridge. And maybe, okay, granted, let's give a little room. Maybe you would say, gosh, it didn't have to be so hard. Or maybe these really are these really the lessons. You know, it's like give a little bit of slack in there. I get it. But to say that the very path that I have experienced, all of the synchronicities, being born into the family I was born into, in the very town where I was born, the schools I attended or didn't, the whole package, warts and all, I would suggest that you try on in meditation and do it in a couple of different ways of meditating. So journaling would be one way, just sitting quietly in silence, pondering on a good walk or a hike, on a bicycle ride, climbing up the side of a mountain, water skiing on a lake in Florida. It doesn't matter how you get your tune in with yourself, but spend time with that for at least a week to 10 days. Would that be a deal? Spend time with that thought of your life as your teacher and ask, ask for revelation, ask for insights, ask to see it in a way that you've never seen it before. Because see, some of it might have been so bad that on just pure technical terms, pure human technical terms, you might say with some justification, oh, I could never forgive myself for X. Unless if you reframe that X was absolutely necessary for your soul to grow and that you didn't cause anything bad to happen, you experienced what needed to happen. Maybe I'll even go right into the crux and the message of the audiobook, Lives of the Soul. That is one that I would say if you listen to anything, I take back, I will take that back. Don't read or go to anything else except Lives of the Soul, because that will explain to you that this was sculpted. And if you can capture the essence of the material in that book and realize that we created this journey for ourselves. Then come back and sit with self-forgiveness, self-acceptance. Maybe you don't even need to forgive anything. Try on that you don't even need to do that. Just accept it as what it was and then say to your soul, I love you for the journey. 
And then you get to the point where this little statement that we've been saying together for eight years makes a lot of sense. Because from then on, loving yourself and then doing what the guru said about the master teacher, just love everyone unconditionally as you enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.